It's unfair. Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. Workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good midnight. I don't know when people are listening. And good luck. And good luck. Yes, you have to sit through another hour of Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Is that what you're (laughs) alluding to, David, over there? Do I need to publicly shame you? Do I need to get out the whip sound effect and start beating you? Need to get the bell out. This is how I treat my Filipino. It's okay. I'm Mexican. I can say it. You also, we, we take turns. Sometimes you beat me and be like, hey, this is how I treat my Mexican. <laughs> this, is how we treat, this is how we treat minorities in general. Yeah, here, here's a burrito, Mike. Go get it. Go get it. Where's oh, your sombrero? Yeah, oh, now, now you went too far, Dave. <laughs> too far, too that, far for that. Yeah, that's racist. All right, so today we are going to be discussing Star Wars Vader Dark Visions, a canon comic book limited series focusing on Darth Vader. When this was first announced, Dave, I was excited. If you remember during our live discussion on our regular Star Wars Back to Update show, we were both very giddy about it. The first bit of imagery from Greg Smallwood that was released was enough to get me stoked. It was Vader on top of a horse type alien (laughs) creature with an Imperial shield and a lightsaber. It's very reminiscent of Frank Frazetta and, you know, Death Dealer, that really dark art, like gothic art. It was medieval as fuck. Medieval, yeah. Then... I think both of us lost interest when, well, at least for me, I lost interest when I found out it was just going to be stories about Vader from the perspective of others, from randos, random encounters. I mean, I don't care about that. It just didn't seem like anything I wanted to read, especially because the two Vader Marvel series we had already got were very good up to this point. Yes. Like, very good. I mean, pushing the the story uh, personal when it comes to Anakin, intimate stories that pushed our knowledge of Vader into new areas. Also in to even, even better for us because we're lore whores also into new exploratory avenues of the force. We were introduced to ideas that were very new to this new Disney canon. Yes. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, that was the thing about like this whole bringing bringing their own take on Star Wars canon was they had to actually do something unique 
something to catch catch our eye, you know. And at first, going back to this this series with Vader Dark Visions, I, I was like you. It's we like, were skeptical. We, we were very skeptical because, like, it's like, what can you do? What can you give us that we already don't know about Darth Vader? And also, we were, I think, disappointed that the Sith Lord series was coming to an end. I yes. was already upset that Kieran Gillen's series, the 2015 Vader series ended because I thought that was great. And that ended on issue, I want to say 19. And listen, I get it. I understand. There's only so many areas we can go into Vader's past without stepping, stepping on toes. Yes. So I understand that, but we, we were already disappointed and like, okay, well, dark visions is happening. And and then you, you add to the fact about Chuck Wendig and Wendig was supposed to actually be the the writer for the new Darth Vader series, and then he got taken out. So this was a replacement series. This right? was the replacement series. Yeah. This so that a, so that also left a bad taste in a lot a of bad people's mouth. Taste in in every every comic book right, uh, reader's mouth because it was kind of like uh, there's more scandal with Star Wars. Right. Okay, here we go again, and they're just trying to push their agenda. They're just trying to do this. They took off the writer because he didn't play "quote unquote" ball with with corporate, right? And well, Chuck, I, I there was no love lost between me and oh, Chuck Wendig. I mean, I think the guy did some pretty good work, but his toxic behavior on social media rivaled that of the fan base, and you just can't do that. Yeah, well, it's his the thing that the thing at when we actually when people took the time to actually look into it and actually see what happened, Wendig. You know, I'm a big supporter of a lot of writers, but mm-hmm. Wendig went too far to the point that he's in the classification of Rian Johnson. Too much negativity. If you yeah. lose the job, sorry, say your piece and just move on. Yeah. Move on to something else. Yeah. Don't don't harp at it. Don't hate on the fans. Don't make excuses. That's not your job. Your job is to be a writer, right. a creator. Yeah, and I don't want to be too negative on this show, but yes, there was a lot of negative buzz surrounding this replacement title, yeah. I guess you can call it. So excited at first with the imagery, then I wasn't, but then some controversy happened. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, with this. And unfortunately, negativity followed after the release of Dark Visions number three. And maybe not negatively, or maybe not unfortunately. Maybe this actually helped propel the sales. Who knows? I'd love to see the the financial statements or financial data on on whether or not issue number three, if there was a after that, if there was a spike in sales, because after the controversy hit social media, I was curious by yes. some of the outrage because there was a lot. There were claims of toxic masculinity. Uh, the demoralized depictions of a female character attacks on fangirl image imagery and stuff like that. Right. I guess some people were saying that he was trying, the writer of this comic was trying to draw parallels between uh, the infatuation that some fangirls have with Kylo Ren. Not Uh, just Kylo Ren, just villains in general. Right. And um, this, I mean, that's, we're going to get into that. Uh, needless to say, I was intrigued because we are dealing with Disney here. Yes. So when this controversy followed, my interest has peaked because I can't imagine in this day and age that Disney would allow anything of that sort to be published under their banners. 
Yeah. And the the thing the thing is this was like an old school type of uh media concept where everyone's heard this controversy sells. And I I am I, I'm also interested too to see if like what's the difference of the sale numbers on the and orders on the books after issue three came out. Well, because Dave, I bought it. Yeah. I was like, okay, you know what? I was a little annoyed at first by various things. Because I just hate complainers. I we complain a lot in this show, but it's more because we want we want more. We complain because we want more. Yeah, we don't complain the, about what we're getting because we want what we're getting. Is everything perfect? No. Yeah. But I get aggravated every time I go on social media and I see some a fan, and I'm going to put air quotes, somebody who claims to be a fan hating on something Star Wars. When. Do you just admit that you're not a Star Wars fan any longer? So again, unfortunately, controversy sometimes brings in the dough, right? Uh-huh. So needless to say, I purchased the trade paperback and I was pleasantly surprised, Dave. I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. When it comes to the Vader's, when it comes to Vader's story, some might say that this was a stutter step, uh, but I would disagree. It's a different type of character progression. It actually solidifies Vader's villain status, his villainy, whereas some can argue in his own stories, the 2015 run, as well as the 2017 run, I believe is when it started, the Sith Lords. You can argue that he at times becomes a bit of an anti-hero, which makes sense when you're dealing with a story that wants to take the Star Wars universe's biggest antagonist and tell a story from his perspective. Yes. Suddenly, from a literary standpoint, he's got to be written as the protagonist. At times, we find ourselves conflicted. We feel for him. And that's just good writing. There's yes. nothing wrong with that. But Dark Visions, they are stories told from the perspective of others. And they're not looking to sow seeds of empathy. They are simply designed to show you how others in different circumstances might view Vader. Yeah, it it's it's the series was designed to harken back to the old adage of Obi-Wan Kenobi from a certain point of view. Exactly. And that was that's the whole point about the series is to show the character of Darth Vader from a different point of view, from someone who say sees Vader as a hero, sees Vader as a romantic interest, stuff like that. And I was actually, whenever people do this, especially since today, because it's such a hot button topic among fan bases, should villains be brought to main character status? You see that with comic in regards to comics like DC comics and Marvel, where they take the villains and they make them the main focus of your story. Say like the Joker. Right. Yeah. And all that. With Darth Vader, it's the same way. We all want that character to be the main focus, but we have to be careful not to take away the the bottom line of the, the character fangs. is the fangs. The, you yeah. don't want to take the fangs out of him. And Dave, that's a complaint that a lot of people were voicing when, especially when StarWars.com updated the bio of Vader about a year ago, and it said anti-hero. 
And we had a whole show about that. Scroll down on your feeds and you'll find it. I want to get into it again. He isn't an anti-hero officially. However, when you are the protagonist of your own story, you are kind of pushed into that literary, that liter that literary, I want to say writing. Yes. Literary title of the anti-hero. That's how you can be described, but that isn't what Vader is. Vader's still the villain. And that's why I dig what they did here because yes, there are, a couple stories one i think out of this five issue series that portrays him in a different light but for the most part you're getting people's perspectives on this villain of the universe this this guy that's infamous slash famous some might view him as heroic murderous sadistic an immovable force an escape of sorts it's not objective in the least yes it's subjective it's subjective That's why it was fun to read. Life is not objective. Life is subjective. We are all products of circumstances brought on by upbringing, geopolitical experiences uh, that help to form our personal ideology. So taking that into account, Dave, let's dig into each of these stories briefly. We're not going to spend 40 minutes on each issue. I know typically we actually do 45 to 60 minutes on an issue when we do a full discussion or one show just on one, but we are going to breeze through these and we're going to talk about the pros and cons of each, what we like the most. Yeah. And we are probably going to spend a little bit of extra time on issue number three, which is the controversial one. Okay. Yeah. And the thing that really does surprise me that one thing I want to get across to a lot of our listeners right now is like how different each of these issues were, because I initially went into this, with zero expectations, and I was actually expecting, oh, it's going to be the same him-haw, he's a badass, he's a monster, and that's it. Right. It was so much more than that. It was so much more than that when when you actually read all five issues and take a look back and say, for one single writer, too, one single writer, because this was written by one writer, I thought it was going to be done by five different writers. And you know what? I'm okay with anthology series like that where they do have different writers, but I yeah. felt like this was a good call having the same one because there was a theme here. There's a theme. There was going a theme on. that was very consistent throughout all five issues. All right. So Star Wars Vader Dark Visions is a canon comic book miniseries focusing on Darth Vader. Of course. The series was written by Dennis. Hollum and published by Marvel Comics. The first issue was published way back in March of this year. So we are behind. Uh, Who is Darth Vader? He has been many things. A Sith warrior, a commander, a destroyer. Darth Vader is to many throughout the Galactic Empire a symbol of fear and mysterious otherworldly power. But there are some who have seen the Dark Lord in a different light. There are some corners of the galaxy so dark and desperate that even Vader can be a knight in shining armor. Yes. The first issue of a new Star Wars limited series was written, of course, by Dennis Hopeless Hollum. Sheds new light on the many sides of the galaxy's greatest villain. Thank you for emphasizing that villain, because that is what Vader is. And even in the stories, Dave, where the perspective switches to where he may be uh, viewed as a hero, we, as the reader, 
know exactly what's happening, which is the fun part. We we are in the know. Maybe this character doesn't know everything, but we know. All right. So let's talk about Dark Visions. Number one. Uh, in this first issue of the canon comic book miniseries, Star Wars, Vader, Dark Visions, we see Vader crash land on a planet. And when this first happened, I was like, all right, here we go again. How many times have we seen Vader crash land now in a book or a comic series? Yeah. Several times at this Several point. Several times. Now, this one is an interesting look at the sky gods. <laughs> In this issue, you have this young man who has grown up in a stunted society because a wild beast has come to their planet. And for decades, maybe even centuries, I don't know. They don't really specify. They don't specify. He has destroyed their way of life. He's killed, maimed, etc. And he's just almost like a gigantic kaiju monster it looks like a shark right he looks the the size between a shark and a rancor yeah and at first i was like going is this like a sith monster or sith beast of some kind because remember in a lot of things we talk in star wars Mm -hmm. what that we've covered it's talked about legendary beasts and i thought that this was one of them yeah do you think uh the shark creature ever had children like maybe offspring That'd be dangerous, huh? That would be. Yeah, they'd never escape then. Am I right? Do you think maybe... um, (laughs) you think maybe this song would have been a a composer's choice? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think this would have been a good choice to have. If this was made into, like, a live-action film. Into a live-action film? (laughs) Oh, God. And see, this is how you take fangs out of the Yeah, Vader's just coming down. To, oh while, while he's, so okay, now if Tarantino directed a Vader series, I can see this song playing while he's killing people. While he's killing people. Daddy shark. Daddy shark. Grandma shark. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, this creature looked like a shark. Yeah, that was a reach. I'll admit it. That was a reach, Dave. But it was a good reach. It was a good reach. Where was I, Dave? I completely (laughs) threw myself off. Oh, okay. So these indigenous folk are unable to live above ground in fear that they will be killed and are forced to live in tunnels below the surface. In a bizarre turn of fate. And this is where it gets interesting and fun. This is one of those issues that I feel... Um, not entirely socially relevant. I feel like other issues in this series, you can definitely derive some social meaning. This one was just a fun twist of pers- of perspective. Uh, Vader crash lands literally on top of this beast. Uh, and what unfolds is witnessed by the young man of this story. He sees Vader destroy this ravenous creature. A huge battle ensues of epic pulpy proportions fucking cool and of course is the victor now this young man now sees vader as their savior yeah a god from the sky here to rescue them the story as i said is quite simple dave but what the takeaway for me because there is a takeaway from every issue even if the story isn't entirely groundbreaking there is something that is and in this particular issue for me it was the way this was scripted out by Dennis Hollum. 
and of course Paolo Vianelli uh, and how he took Dennis's script and captured Darth Vader's through a heroic lens. Lens, yeah, that that was the biggest takeaway for me for this particular story because he was able to tell a story about a villain but make the villain look heroic but then my favorite part about this issue was in the very end Darth Vader looks at the kid and says you should not thank me and then you see the ignition and the, the, he ignites his lightsaber yeah. and I'm like going I got I got reminded of like uh, Revenge of the Sith what are we gonna do Master Anakin oh yeah Shing. yeah <laughs> I'm like, oh he's gonna kill younglings again yeah that was definitely <laughs> what they were trying to allude to yeah. They were trying to draw that connection. And that's just a great chemistry between writer and artist. Because it the really is. artist gets it. The artist understands, okay, let's And that make doesn't always film. happen. Yeah. That really doesn't always happen. This this was an example of like good chemistry between a writer and an artist where the artist understands what the uh, what the writer's trying to get to and then understanding tones and beats, particularly like rhythm and beats in comics. Here Okay, we're go we're going to make him look hero, 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 hero. Stop. Remind the audience, hey, this is Darth Vader. It's a villain. Yeah. And then you have to remind them that basically, no, he will kill this child if he so deems it necessary. There is one panel that well, first off, every single panel with Vader in it was drawn in a way that we have not seen Vader portrayed. That's why I loved this issue. Yeah. Typically, we get a lot of the go-to villain illustrations, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, however, the ones that we had in this issue turned Vader into this pulp god. Yes. I mean, literally, there were panels that looked like they were ripped from the pages of a of an Edgar Rice Burroughs novel. Yeah. It, makes, it made Darth Vader look so much epic in in scale well he looked like a hero he there were a like lot a of those classic hero shots especially if you look at some of the early conception uh concept work from ralph mcquarrie and the stuff that he did for luke skywalker with the open robe and the muscles bulging the pecs and the shredded abs and he has that sword like conan up into the sky yeah that is what we got with vader and we very rarely get that with vader because he's not the hero he's not the hero however in this particular issue from the pers- perspective of this this young boy vader was very much the hero yes because to the boy vader is taking on something that the boy believes is the monster and or something bigger and badder and then there's darth vader doing the epic conan things i mean i literally got the conan vibe when you see the initial fight between Darth Vader and this creature, and the creature takes up 80% of the frame, and there's little tiny Darth Vader jumping at him. And it, it it's very reminiscent of yeah. how Conan was always in all of, like, Edgar Rice's Burroughs, mm-hmm. like, novels. When you open, when you look at the cover, Conan's always pictured tiny in scale, and then the monster is, like, a thousand times bigger than him. Um, there's an image I'm sharing right now on our video feed. And uh, it's one of my favorite shots. And I'm going to post this uh, within the um, the on-demand webpage as well. When this show goes on-demand, I'll, in, I'll embed various 
images from the comic so people can appreciate some of the artwork. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can already enjoy it. Yes. I mean, please go buy the comic as well. So loved it. I felt like overall it was exceptional work, especially again from the scripting side, working with uh, Paolo Vianelli. Mm -hmm. Good job all the way. Good Good job job all the way around. In this particular issue. All right. So Dark Visions 2 is the second issue. And this one was interesting this as one well. was this one actually for me this was the fun one i agree because like for me it answers the question what all of the generals and the subordinates under darth vader view him as and it, it's an interesting take because normally everyone thinks of the emotion of fear the emotion of fear is kind of like a a negative but in a lot of ways the way fear is portrayed here, it's almost like a positive because it forces the subordinates to do what has to be done. Yeah, it's a positive. <laughs> okay, dude, man, I can tell that in another life or maybe someday in the near future, you're going to be a, a, gonna di- be a, a vicious tyrant. You're going to be a dictator because that's wh- I cannot it, believe you just praised Vader's. <laughs> <laughs> because it's actions very true. as a leader like well, that's very motivating like when, very when, motivating. When, when, when your life is on the line and you might get killed it's very it's motivating very motivating I'm, I'm very pro this do you do you want me to cut your head off no then go Jesus do your job right <laughs> go do your job and i was like i'd hate to hear your uh reasoning behind why the holocaust was a good thing <laughs> please don't get into it hey 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 that was messy that was messy. <laughs> I would have done it differently. I would have done it differently. First off, keep okay, it quiet. okay, all right. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Nothing David says is um, supported by Rain Man. Yeah. Also, he might be mentally challenged, and he doesn't have a coherent a compass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. But like, honestly, dude, the when you, it's one of those things that everyone constantly makes fun of in Star Wars. It was like, oh, he's just gonna force choke every everybody he like anybody under him and because it's because of that one scene that starts it all in new hope when he's like strangling the guy and says your lack of faith disturbs me yeah and it's like because of that scene everybody since then portrays Darth Vader treating his insubordinates with fear they are afraid of him and they do they do the things they do because because of that fear and that fear drives them to do to do crazy things. Yes. So the setup, Dave, is to command an Imperial destroyer is a coveted position. But with such great responsibility comes grave consequences, grave consequences. if you fail your mission. How yep. far will one officer go to spare himself from the judgment of Darth Vader? Now, the artwork in this one was uh, a different individual. This was illustrated by Brian Level, but was scripted, written by Dennis Hallam as well. Yes. Now, this was another one that was not character driven, but more driven by the visuals. Visuals and the concept behind it. Yes. Similar to Dark Visions 1, we get excellent scripting from Hallam. The illustrations from Brian Level depict a commander that is driven by a sense of mad phobia. Yes. Brought on by a traumatic event. 
And this is one of those issues I feel is a little more, uh, I guess you could say socially relevant. You can derive some meaning within these pages. Uh, He witnessed, the commander witnessed the brutality of Vader firsthand. It partially drove him mad. (laughs) Perhaps with a mixture of PTSD of sorts. And you get all this from Brian's artwork. The panels are confining and elusive. It conveys the idea of fear and paranoia. Dave, if you go back through those issues, if you didn't pick up on it, and potential readers out there, when they read Visions number two, you'll realize that a lot of the pages, especially the ones where the commander is is frightened, they're incomplete. Yes. For example, the 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 actual picture, the image doesn't take up the complete page. The panels are are narrowed. Yes, and there's a certain symmetry to each to every page. Like all of a sudden, if he's if he's calm and collected. Suddenly, you know, all the panels are are the proper rectangular shape. And then all of a sudden, like when when he starts panicking and things go bad, suddenly, you know, the the, the rectangle turns into kind of like a, a broken mirror and you see the little chips hanging off of it. And it's almost like by the end of it, the entire when you get to the very end and the panel page where he's just lost it is just broken completely i kind of feel bad for him i'm not gonna lie i kind (laughs) of was disturbed and this is where the disturbing part of dark vision starts to take root because a lot of people may think oh this is a disney published comic no oh it is but don't get it twisted because the first issue was just a taste it was like oh guys hey look at this is a nice little cool story a kid views darth vader as a hero Wee! that was just to get us hooked That was to get us to keep reading because as we progress, these stories get more and more, I want to say disturbing. Disturbing And this is one of them because the way it ends, you can see in this issue how truly terrified and the artwork by by Brian Level is top notch. The way he was able to capture this fear from the commander that ultimately ends in his murder, Darth Vader goes aboard a Star Destroyer that is literally in shambles. It's burning. It is going to blow up. Doesn't stop Vader from getting his punishment, or from going to deliver and dole out punishment. He gets on board and it ends with failure. What is it? Failure is not an option. No, failure unacceptable. Failure unacceptable. And all of this guy's fears just comes to a head. And the thing is, is like... It's almost like a really big crescendo to his madness. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. My, my favorite page is when he decides to fly a star destroyer through the space worm, through the space worm's mouth. Okay, and isn't that in itself? Here, let me pull that up here on our feed. Isn't that in itself a little over the top? Is it disturbing a little it's too? Disturbing. The imagery is disturbing, right? Yeah, because like it's so crazy. It's like this is what his it's nightmarish, has, right? It's nightmarish, yeah. and it, 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 it. This is what drove him, and then this is what, this is how broken his mind is. Yeah, where the fear has driven him to do something so ludicrous. And when you look at the when you look at the page of the Star Destroyer going into the Space Worm's mouth, it's absolutely, it's over the top crazy. Like you're like going, I can't be seeing this. Yeah, it's bizarre. And then, like, but the fact of the matter is, 
that's how bad his fear yeah. of Darth Vader was. I, I dig it. I think it was a great little vignette into Vader's. I, what, what's a good way of saying it? Vader's. Um, hmm, hold Vader's on. effect. Yeah, yes. Vader's, Vader's effect, effect on certain individuals. And, and the thing that cracks me up the most about like, this story in particular, if you as a Star Wars fan think about it, this is the difference. If you think about if this was Anakin in Clone Wars, no one would actually feel this way about Anakin. And that, of course, I mean, and he it, wasn't bad yet. And it, and it shows the stark contrast between Anakin and Darth Vader right. as an image. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Because remember in Clone Wars, Anakin bred loyalty from the clones. Like all the clones... uh, One of my favorite moments in Rebels is like when Rex talks about watching the Jedis doing their thing. And it's almost like an inspiration Mm -hmm. type of thing. Yeah. And he talks about, he tells Ezra about his time watching Anakin and Obi-Wan. And then you get to this and it's like, for me, it's like, oh my God, this is still the same person. It's still Anakin, but the contrast between Anakin and Darth Vader, one bred loyalty through inspiration, the other one bred loyalty through absolute fear. Yeah, it's a good way to kind of highlight the ever-evolving story and downfall of Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, you're right. So, Dave, that takes us to the uh, controversial one. The, um, the one that Vader, everyone talks about. Dark Visions number three is the third issue of Star Wars Vader Dark Visions. It was also written by Dennis Hollum and illustrated by David Lopez and Javi Pina. And uh, the synopsis, the star-crossed lover, Darth Vader, a name that strikes fear in the hearts of countless across the galaxy. But there's one lonely heart that beats just for him. What is it like to be in love with Lord Vader? And what fate will befall one who is infatuated that's the key word right there. Please focus on that word. What fate will befall the one who is infatuated, which we can all agree infatuation isn't good. That isn't a good thing with the tall, dark mystery behind the mask. Okay, so this was the controversial issue that caused Dennis Hollum to crack. Yes. And I hope you have those tweets ready. Do you have them ready? Please tell me you do. Okay, good. I believe he justified his work on social media. He did. Because like, honestly, and when you read, uh, when you read it, it's a reaction based on. We'll we'll get to it. Hold on. Just get them ready. He justified his work on social media and I don't feel like he should have. Because I will be 100% honest, Dave. Okay, to me, this is by far the most groundbreaking Star Wars issue we've had in years. And I will tell you why. Everybody wants to go to the low hanging fruit. Oh, it demoralized women. Oh, you put women in a negative light. The reason why I feel like this is the most groundbreaking Star Wars issue to date of the new era of Star Wars since Disney purchased Lucasfilm in 2012. It's because of the, of its unapologetic callous depiction of Darth Vader 
and its willingness to take the reader into the mind of a truly deranged individual, meaning yes. the woman. Mm-hmm. Its willingness to explore mental illness, to show us that mental disorders are not exclusive to any one person. Many comic book stories, Dave, by design are about the larger than life. Captain America, Wolverine, Luke Skywalker, they can overcome anything. Yes. But here we have a story about a nurse. What most in society would call normal. A mundane existence and the focus of a Marvel comic issue pertaining or dealing with Darth Vader. And we explore a very real issue that is not, as far as my knowledge goes, is not officially recognized, but is known within medical circles as OLD, Obsessive Love Disorder, which has been connected with various other serious mental issues. Uh, It can be a part of different, more widely accepted issues like attachment disorder or borderline personality disorder. So without being overly preachy, Dave, I feel like this comic did great at cracking open, trying to, I want to make sure my words are very precise, but I don't want people to misconstrue what I'm saying. Yes. I felt like this comic did a great job at cracking open a very real problem in America that does lead to death, suicide, and oh yes, toxic relationships. The person who is obsessed has no idea what he or she deserves and at times allow them allow themselves in certain circumstances to remain in terrible relationships, abusive relationships um, end in death Mm -hmm. at times, just like the disturbing callous way this issue ended the story. And to be quite frank is fucking genius. Vader murders the woman yeah murders her without saying a word and then as he walks out of his chambers where she approaches him he instructs his officers to get rid of this garbage and the comic book issue ends that is a fucking statement yes and that is why i'm so upset with Dennis. And I don't, I don't want, you know, people thinking I'm talking trash about him. I'm disappointed because I feel like he had a beautiful, relevant story. And by justifying it on social media and even downplaying, I feel like he even downplayed his message. In fact, I want you to read these messages. And we got into this, I want to say, really in depth during uh, a Another regular yeah, a discussion regular a few weeks ago. So I don't want to, I don't want to linger too long, but just so it's, it's stated officially, please go ahead and state some of his tweets and, okay. and the complaints as well. So there's two particular ones that stand out and one tweet that he received. This was the person actually uh, tweeting to him. It really feels like you were trying to say something about fangirls who empathize with villains like Anakin and Kylo Ren. That, that's, a, that's a low... Hanging fruit. Yes. That's low hanging fruit. Dennis replies via Twitter and says, That really wasn't my intention. I'm not here to police your read. But to me, it's about a person so beaten down and caged in 
by her fascist existence that she fantasizes about the only person in her world powerful enough to free her. Okay. Now, I want to say something about that. I feel like that was him succumbing to pressure. No, that Th- that explanation, Dave. Okay, first off, when I read this comic, I read what I get is an intelligent author was trying to explore a very real issue, right? Yes. That remark does not reflect the writing of this issue. It lowers that remark, the concept. That it lowers the concept. He I feel like he's pandering a bit, trying to possibly calm the waters. Diffuse. He's trying and to diffuse. And by diffusing, I feel like his words were poorly chosen. Because why would you explain your work in such a manner that actually I want to say strengthens the complaints? She needed to be rescued. This is a woman who was crazed, mentally ill. Yeah. And, and, and she on, needed to be. Re- that's not what I got from that, that and, she needed to be rescued, that she had such a lonely existence and and she needed to be rescued by. I didn't get that at all. I, I got the fact that she was first off, she's collecting bloody pieces that Vader left behind she's mentally disturbed and i'm not saying she's a good person either i think she's also a bad person this is a story where i don't think anybody is great yes but it's also delving into a very real issue people that suffer with with old typically aren't great people to begin with they're uh, they're obsessive they're compulsive yeah and like by doing what he was doing for me it feels like when you try to lower your Lower, uh, try to explain your actions in regards to a low-hanging fruit type of sub uh, question. It it kind of ruins the message in the book, which honestly is something that every person should be comfortable enough to face on their own. Now, I understand yeah. mental health is something that basically a lot of people are afraid of. Hey, I know that. I've I've gone through that, and I see people go through that. I'm a major. I'm a major person who supports mental health, uh, mental health, and I'm a major contributor to like supporting people trying to find mental health help. Yeah, but I also understand that that is the one subject in today's world, in today's society, that people do not want to face. No, they're afraid of it. They're afraid of it. They're afraid of it. And that's why stories like this, Dave, don't go over well, because people don't want to actually sit down and read this because, you know why? It makes them feel uncomfortable. It makes them feel uncomfortable. And then their only action is to kind of reduce it, reduce the meaning. Right, because they're trying to decipher their feelings because it did exactly what the writer wanted to do. It caused some waves. It made you think, Dave, I have watched some of the most gory TV shows. Okay. I'm not a lightweight. And yet at the end of this issue, I felt uncomfortable. That is art. That is fucking art. And to have Dennis try to justify his work, it just hurt me because I'm like, dude, this is art, man, and you did it great. You did yeah, a fantastic. You did, good, you you did, did a, your job. You did your job. You yeah. did a fantastic job with this. Don't even answer these people who, in my opinion, have such low IQs. They can't truly interpret your work. Yeah. And is, my, is that me being a bit of an elitist? Possibly. Not everybody can interpret and break down, 
you know, works of art. But this is one. I feel like issue three just it was a fucking huge home run because it created discomfort and discussion. Yes. Discomfort and discussion. And my only advice to Dennis, if he even cares, is, dude, don't ever explain your work, man. You did a great job. Don't try to justify. There's going to be people that complain about everything. Don't wallow with people who are not smart enough to understand your message or your work. And then the, the second tweet, basically to compound the problem with this issue, is another Twitter, uh, another Twitter person basically, uh, I can't even see it, basically messaged him and said, please, please read my thread about uh, the comic and how it takes a lot of tropes beloved by fangirls and portrays them in less flattering light. Not what it is. Are they? Are, so maybe they have an issue. Maybe they have problems. The fact that they see themselves as a deranged, crazy woman well here don't you think that might be a problem there the fact that they see themselves with that that that's what they got oh absolutely because you know what a perfect example of this is when i look at fans fangirls particularly fangirls of harley quinn oh god don't bring this up please oh no 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 but it is uh, it, it is basically the heart of yeah all, i know of the whole problem yeah. is harley quinn's an awesome character she's done fantastic things and if you've read her whole story arc, mm-hmm. they've done a fantastic job building that character from a broken. It's a story about overcoming mental your illness, issues, mental yes. illness. But no one wants but to see no it that one wants way. To f- no one wants to focus on it. They just basically say, oh, Harley Quinn's awesome. Yay. Or now the new thing is to berate the writers that tell stories about Harley and Joker. Like yes. we can no longer subject characters to uncomfortable situations. And now we have to separate Joker and Harley and make sure everyone understands that this isn't relationship goals, people. This isn't healthy. No fucking duh. No fucking duh. We understand this isn't healthy. We understand that it's a toxic relationship but between is, Harley and Joker. But some this is reality. Why are we running away from reality? And this is what makes Harley into the person that we all fell in love with. Right. It's by the remo- building blocks by, of her story. By just negating and forgetting the trauma and forgetting you know, she's not interesting. The abuse. She's, she's not, not interesting. interesting. She becomes a very flat stock character. So we need these things to make stories pop. So. And then like Dennis replied to the, to the message said, saying, I read it as you were writing it. Your perspective is extremely informative. Thank you for taking time. I will say, I don't think our medic is silly or crazy at all. In my <laughs> mind, on, she, is, she is the heroine of the story it was not at all our intention to mock her or anyone else. I don't got, I didn't get mockery, but come on, Dennis. She's not crazy. She's not crazy. She, she is crazy. She's picking up bloody pieces of Vader and sticking it in in a box, a trophy box. She's borderline Dexter here. But she's when, a she's a, a serial killer of sorts. She has the the habits, the habitual habits of collecting things. She is crazy, and this is why. I get so disappointed with Dennis because the again, I'm going to say it again. Dennis did a great job. And then because he's nervous of what social media can do to people yes. can destroy careers. Yes. You have this guy now trying to do damage control, damage control, and he's dumbing down his work. And honestly, I think he might be flat out lying. How as a writer, you really can't see that your character was crazy. She was not the heroine. Was she the protagonist? Yes. 
She, I think heroin's the wrong word, bro. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the, this thing. is damage like, control, dude. That's is, all it that, is. That right there, that message to me just solidified that that was just the saddest reaction any creative writer can do to their fan base. And it's the reason why social media sucks. Instead because of, social media bullies creators, exactly. it bullies people into accepting things that weren't their intent. This is why social media sucks. Mm-hmm. All right, we need to move on. We're staying a little too long on this. Yeah, but it's understandable too because this is the one this is the one issue that basically took up everyone's time. All right. So Vader let's talk about Vader Visions Dark Visions number 4. It's the fourth issue. Never mess with the best. That's the synopsis. We all know Darth Vader as the Emperor's iron fist, but as any rebel can tell you, he's also a terror and a TIE fighter. What does it feel like in that X-Wing cockpit when you're nose to nose with the Empire's deadliest pilot? Will you even live to tell the tale? All right. And the cool thing about this one, I don't know if you got the vibe from this, is on the issue by itself, it's a very simple theme. But... When you take it into context of the second one, where you actually have, okay, in the second issue we had there's some Vader's scene there's on some, his side. There's some meat to this one as well. Yeah. yeah. And then on this one, how Vader is seen on the opposition side, how he's seen by the rebels. And both are basically driven by fear. Yeah. <laughs> and like, but they're both different types of fear. Because in, on the Emperor side, everyone says, oh, yeah, if we fail, we die. Here, the rebel, the rebel pilot sees Vader as almost like this unattainable obstacle to be the best. Well, it's more than that as well. And I mean, it's he, more than that. He represents a psychological, a psychological obstacle to his life. To his life. And maybe Vader is the embodiment of that. Vader is not the one who killed his father because that's how the story starts, starts out. The out. Empire kills his father. And now the manifestation of the Empire is obviously Darth Vader. And this, to me, was another very tragic story dealing with issues of guilt and remorse, the effects of war, both uh, physically and psychologically. Uh, Hallam uses a bookend approach to the story as well that highlights how psychological growth can become uh, impairing at times, how a traumatic event we may experience as a child can drag us down our entire life. And guess what? If we don't deal with it, it can kill us. So it's a sad depiction of a man's promise to himself that ends in failure. Mm-hmm. Frozen, immovable due to his own fears. And this leads to his death. And I can only assume the death of the entire rebel base that he drew the empire to. Yes. That's how it ends. Another depiction of how relentless Vader is. It starts with this young boy. And it ends with him as a man. And we are so used to these stories ending on happy notes. Oh, it's Star Wars. So when it ends in such a sad way. Oh, yeah. It catches you off guard. Because it's it's almost like the harsh reality. Harsh reality. Harsh reality hitting it. Yep. And again, it took a simple concept that I was mentioning and just made it 
bigger in scope and tackled something that is very, very tied to mental illness is where you can use bad coping mechanisms to actually ruin your life. Arrogance. Arrogance. Overconfidence. Revenge. Yep. All that stuff. All that stuff is basically bad coping mechanisms. People, and it's amazing to me that people don't today realize this, but there's so many motivational speakers that use these negative things to, you have to use this to make yourself better. Make, do this and do this. Use the negative and turn it into a positive. And normally that is a, that, that's a good way of seeing it. But this is an example of how taking that mentality can actually hurt you. Yeah, agreed. All right, so let's move over to Dark Visions number five. It's the fifth, obviously, also written by Dennis Hallam, illustrated by Geraldo Borges. And this one came out just a, a little over a month ago. Nightmare on the Outer Rim, a backwater jungle planet teeming with poisonous plants the search for a device that can track the rebels, a psychedelic nightmare triggered triggered. I'm at the end here, Dave. I think we need to end pretty soon. I'm, I'm falling all over, falling all over the words. a psychedelic nightmare triggered by the local fauna with a terror known as Darth Vader. Yeah. Okay. This one, I really dug this one as well for a lot of reasons. I think the last three might be my favorite actually of the dark vision series. This one had some cool and creative imagery, much like the first issue. Uh, due to the chosen perspective, we saw Vader through a lens of heroism in the first one. Yes. In this one, we got to witness nightmare Vader, nightmare Vader, nightmare Vader. just like nightmare Batman or nightmare Superman. You know, they've done those stories. You get to witness nightmare Vader. And this was just a creative way to heighten the way many view Vader and a great way to end the entire series, the anthology series by highlighting and pushing forward the thought that Vader is a villain, the ultimate villain, this menacing looming presence that will cut you down, cut down anyone in his path. And he's stalking you. And, and overall the concept the concept of it all is Vader's power is fear. That's the thing. His the whole mo, uh, the whole ambiance and gravitas to Vader's character is based on everyone's fear of him, and that's partially why I do like the 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 first one because it was so different because you're seeing him as a hero, right? But then as the series goes along, you're ba basically seeing like the. Uh, the effects of what Darth Vader truly is a character that his main weapon is fear and tyranny. Like he is a villain. Right. <laughs> and that's what I really liked how they emphasize that. And what a great way to end the series. It is. They emphasize that with this whole idea of nightmare Vader, this psychedelic trip that sends uh, this poor sap of a dude who's running through the jungle into this this downward into the rabbit hole like vibe or mentality that ends in his death a trip it, it it's a psychedelic trip i mean when he starts 
thinking and imagining the 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 creatures coming back to life and they uh, we're talking like the creatures that were on the wall that he just sees their head but suddenly they burst out of the wall and it, it's almost like this psychedelic drug trip and the way he he imagines Darth Vader as one of those beasts and his lightsaber is actually a living breathing energy snake. It, it's such a trippy moment and it shows that the power of the power that Darth Vader has that is, is that fear that's so strong. It, that's what it does to a person's mentality. Yeah, I, dude, I loved it. I mean, it was cool. The, the, the favorite panel or page for me was the one where Vader is towards the end of issue uh, five and Vader is this big monstrosity, yeah. this beast with fangs, and he's reaching out with claws. And I want, and he just says, "Give it to me." And even the word bubble reflects this nightmarish, hellish, hellish psychedelic trip that this guy is going through. And it's such a great way to end the series. And I, I, the thing I want to ask you because it was a very, it's a very cool thing that a, a couple of people online were talking about. Do you think Darth Vader actually killed him, or was it his fear? That actually killed him because if you think about it, if you look at those last two pages, Vader says, give it to me. Yeah. The guy throws it at Vader and Vader basically is just standing there. Doesn't have his lightsaber drawn, doesn't have anything, but he walks away and the guy is still on the ground in the fetal position. And his eyes are open and are all open. Yeah. And I'm like going, did Darth Vader kill him or did the guy's actual fear, his own mind killed him? Yeah. Who knows? But I like how it ended. It, yeah, it didn't. Not everything needs to be explained, especially in a story that's that's very psychedelic. Sometimes the best way to end a psychedelic story is open ended. It's kind of like the Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. Why are some of the best Twilight Zones open ended? Why are some of the best X Files episodes open ended? It's because it's a it's a journey into nightmarish territory, and sometimes knowing that there is no resolve leaves that fear there just a bit more. And I'm glad you brought that up because even in my notes that I wrote for, for this particular issue, it's very twilight zone ish. I'm yeah. glad that you actually saw that too, because I'm like, going, this reminds me of like, you know, those twilight zone episodes where the character is just laying there fetal position and crying. Yeah. Sometimes I like to lay in the fetal position and cry. <laughs> Makes me feel good at the end of the day. I just get in the shower let the the hot water hit me and all my problems go away. But it, but it reminded me, David. Of, don't gloss over that. <laughs> it's a cry for help. A Dave. Cry for help. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> go ahead. But it it reminded me of the William Shatner Twilight Zone episode. How that there's ended. something on the there's wing. Something on the wing. And like there's at the very end, something on the wing. He's like literally screaming, and you you get this idea that basically, oh, he's just driven so mad that basically he's dead at this point. Yeah. And that's the vibe I got at the end of this was like, oh, he's William Shatner. <laughs> All right. So we need to wrap this up, Dave. Give me your final thoughts in a nutshell. We've already gone through all this and we're we're crossing over that 60 minute mark. So go my, ahead. My final thoughts on uh, Dark Vader Dark Visions. I was very caught off guard by this series. I, as I said, had zero expectations of it. But quite honestly, this score is higher than I thought. I was expecting it to score, say, in the 70 range, but I would honestly give this series a 85, 85. 
Are we rating these now? Ah, that's I a, guess that's we're a, supposed to, huh? <laughs> that's well, how I've been doing it. <laughs> all right, Dave. I will give this. Uh, I, you know what? I'm going to skip this percentage because I didn't even really think about it. But I did highly enjoy the series way more than I had thought. I'm kind of glad the controversy happened. Otherwise, yeah. I would not have picked up the the issue, even though I hate the controversy and I don't agree with it. It's silly. Yeah. But I, if it didn't happen, I probably wouldn't have decided to read these. I honestly, in retrospect, I think that's what is the negative of my, that's what brings my score down on this comic is because like the message that he had the potential to actually say got lost. Yeah, I agree. And please Dennis, if you're, if you happen to listen to this, don't, don't think we're hating, bro. We no. love you. In fact, he's a really good reach writer. out. Let's do an interview. Let's do it. I would love to interview him and get his his real thoughts on everything. Oh, absolutely. Because I this is a safe insane. place. This studio is a safe place. It's a safe place. And also, his comic issue inspired this fantastic use of, of fun music. <laughs> All right, let's end the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, David. May the force be with us. Mommy shark, do 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 do, mommy shark. Ah, yes. Ah.